when we last here, a long, long time ago, it seems now, I've, I've really forgotten everything that's happened. And I think that's probably for the best, <laughs> given given the way things ended up. But I believe we ended in um, the winter of 1928. And a few months have passed, during which time Max has, I suppose, well, he can tell us himself if he's come to terms with his his uh, condition. No, not really. I think he's Max has basically had a sort of crisis. He had, he thought, an end, and he'd helped save the city, and then brought back as something not human. I'm not quite sure what he is, and I think he can't face his friends. He hasn't gone back to the theater or tried to look for work there. And he's probably just been wandering the streets at night, looking for a purpose, trying to figure out what to do, trying to figure out what he is. Mm. A lost soul. Sad. And I think probably the solace of the bottle doesn't hurt, does it? Absolutely. That's probably what he spent his time doing, drinking. Yeah. And perhaps drinking too much and perhaps one early morning, late night. It's all very much the same to Max these days. He The rain slick streets were a bit slippery and he um, went for a tumble and heard this cracking sound and didn't think much of it went home went to bed when he woke up the next morning he realized uh yeah there was a pool of wetness in his bed but it wasn't blood it wasn't blood it was his well essence his his stolen lightning <laughs> leaking out into the bed and he he knew well the only person who could really help him was belshazzar the, the doll maker so max you're there in your bed <laughs> Yeah. Looking at the crack in your, I guess, in your elbow or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just panic. I don't know what this means or, or how much time I have. And when I last saw Belshazzar, I think I told him I hated him and for what he'd done. But at this point, he's the only person who can help me. So I think, was he still staying at the temple? At the Oh, that is a good point. Or was he back at his house? Uh, no, he's back in the doll shop. He's kind of got over the whole incident i think something weird you've realized that people seem to almost have forgotten the craziness it's almost like it was wiped out of people's memories no one even remembers those crazy days when abizu came and took over the city yeah i think that suits me just fine i'd rather forget it as well but right now i i need to get to belshazzar i guess i wrap a t-shirt around my elbow or a shirt tie it up and try to carefully but quickly make my way over Mm. So you head over to the Jewish quarter where Belshazzar's doll shop is. And as you round the corner into Zion Kirschstrasse, you see an unsettling sight. You see something that makes you start. There are two youngish men wearing brown shirts, the brown shirts of the NSDAP, the National Socialist Democratic Arbeiterpartei. Yeah. And they're standing in front of Belshazzar's window and they've been daubing something in paint on the glass and as you get closer you see it says Judenschwein Jewish pig and at that moment Belshazzar comes running out of the shop and he's shouting at them he's saying what are you doing what are you doing get away get away and they drop their paint buckets and they turn to him and they say you are not wanted here Get your filthy Jew hide out of our city, out of our country. And then they step forward menacingly and he backs away into the shop. I mean, I, I was going to see him anyway, but I think as I see this, I see not just the person who I need to help me right now, but I think he's perhaps 
the only one who understands what I am right now. And I'm, Max is probably also filled with tremendous anger at not knowing what his purpose is, what he's doing. And so I think in that moment, it all just explodes, bubbles up. And I think silently I race over and just ferociously attack them as hard as I can. Right, well, they're very occupied. One of them's pulled out a kosh and he's raising it above his head. And you see Belshazzar cowering and whimpering, like he's already taken a blow to the chin. You can see his blood trickling down the corner of his mouth. And the Nazi on the right, the brown shirt on the right, who's raising his kosh, he's fully focused on Belshazzar. So, so basically all you need to do is get a hit in on him with a bonus dice and you basically take him out because you're pulpy. Okay, I slip my um, knuckle duster on and I go to hit him. Okay. Brass knuckles. Brass knuckles. <laughs> I have yeah. purple dice, so I have advantage. Yes, yeah, you do. And that is a hard success. And um, yeah, you basically just take him down. You drop him, he goes down like a lead weight. The other one spins round and cries out in surprise. I'm not hesitating, I'm attacking him as well. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your dexterity? My dexterity is pretty good from memory. It's 75. Okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to roll for this guy. So, okay, yeah, your dexterity is better than his. So, again, so he, he turns around. You can see he's got like a flick knife that he's trying to kind of open up, but you've got the drop on him. So you can make another attack roll. No advantage this time, okay. just, just the regular. And he will get a chance to dodge. Well, that's a hit, but he is going to get a chance to dodge. No, he fails. You connect with him with your brass knuckles. You rolled literally the lowest you could possibly roll. <laughs> wow, that really is a terrible roll you rolled there. So it's a D3 plus one plus D6, and you got four, almost the lowest you could roll. That's not enough to knock him out. So he's gonna try and stab you with the okay. flick knife. You can dodge him, or you can fight back as well. That's your other option. Oh my God, he rolled a six. <laughs> that is an extreme. Yes. So if you want to dodge, you would need an extreme. No, I'm just concentrating on knocking him out. Okay, then you okay. also need to make an extreme roll. Ah, just what type of roll? Just a... uh, Yeah, brass, brass knuckles. Uh. No, not enough. Not enough. So, yeah, he uh, <laughs> he stabs you with, mm -hmm. with his flick knife. You take two damage. Oh, that's nothing. And maybe the knife skids off your strange sort of almost brittle flesh of your abdomen. And he looks at his knife, which is sort of bent. And he goes, what are you? I'm silent. I don't say anything. I just go to hit him again. Okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to spend some luck? No. No, no, no. No? All right. I think I, this just the red mist has descended. So I... Okay. All right. He's going to try and fight back, but he misses. Now, he drops his knife and he's just going to try and take a swing at you because he realizes the knife is not effective. He takes a swing at you and you manage to evade it, but you can get him back with your uppercut if you, mm -hmm. if you roll a regular success. And you do. And this time you hear the satisfying crunch as his jaw gets jammed upwards and you, you see a couple of his teeth go splintering out of his mouth and he's down on the ground and he's out as well. I think you might have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually probably what I was aiming to do in that moment. Yeah, you just drove his jaw up into his into his skull and he's just like lying there bleeding out. And, and Belshazzar says, Max, oh, thank God, Max. Oh, they were going to kill me. Oh, these Nazis, 
You can't believe it. I see terrible, terrible things happening in this city. I don't know. What, what is this world coming to? What is it coming to? I think I'm just dragging the bodies <laughs> into this, <laughs> into the store. Uh, says, yes, uh, uh, in the basement, Max, in the basement. If, if there are more of them, they see that oh, there will be reprisals. Max, quickly, come. Come into the back. Yeah, I'm just get, getting rid of them. Is the um, is that large framed device still in the basement? <laughs> I wonder. Uh, well, unless they took a, a welding torch. I don't think they could have got it out of there. So, yeah, it is. It is. Well, there, there are now two Nazis lying in, in it. A little while later, after you've explained what happened and... Belshazzar is, is you've kind of helped him sort of get back on his feet he's now making up some kind of ceramic glue or, or some kind of clay mixture and he says Max you have to take more care of yourself my boy you know yeah yeah seems like you have to take care too I do I do yes as I said troubling times yes uh, I don't know what is happening this is the politics in this country seems like we are reverting to a barbaric age. I think I'm, in that moment I'm silent. I don't know what to say. I probably never felt more alive for months, basically, in that moment. And so I'm just sort of coming down from that high, probably. And he um, applies the clay and you can see miraculously the, the crack is... It's not just drying clay. There's something magical about the effect of what he's doing to you it's healing this crack it feels like you're being healed and he says max whenever you need you you come to see me i i know you have gone through a lot it is hard i know most of us, the mannequin mensha they are born this way not become this way like you i think i say thank you and not much else but perhaps in that moment my feelings towards him are sort of changing he seems to genuinely care <laughs> Mm. And, and perhaps I, I come to the realization he's maybe misguided, but he's he tried to help me. He's tried to help me. Mm. And he says, but you should, uh, in case anyone was watching, cover up your face when you leave. Maybe I have a cloak or something with a hood. I think that's a good idea. And uh, he passes you this dark gray cloak with with a hood. I guess I get rid of my coat, throw it into the basement, <laughs> put that on and, and leave. Thank him. And I think probably that night or the next night, I go out <laughs> drinking again, but I probably end up wandering the same area, looking for trouble this time, looking for that feeling again. Mm. And there's always plenty of trouble in the streets of Berlin in, at this time. And over the next few years... The legend grows of the golem of Berlin. <laughs> Nazi puncher. <laughs> Defending the oppressed peoples of Berlin. He stalks the night like a silent shadow, <laughs> bringing justice where there is none. <laughs> Sorry, I can't keep <laughs> Yes, it's corny, but... Uh... Yeah, bringing justice where there is none. And... Maybe you can change the tide, but history has a powerful pull on the events that will be to come in Berlin. And that's the end of our little interlude. <laughs> that was fun. Okay, well, yeah, so at some point, I think, Max, obviously, I, in order for us to start the scenario the way it should be, uh, you, you should somehow get in touch with your old friends. Yeah, maybe I come across Safina in an alley <laughs> at night. <laughs> 
or any number of them. I, I guess several years might pass, but yeah, I don't think I'd search them out. But it, I mean, a chance meeting seems like it could happen. Yeah, I'm not the only one on the party that hangs out in alleys at night. <laughs> pretty sure. Uh, you might be actually not without business to attend to. Anyway. <laughs> Are you still insisting on sleeping in alleyways? There's no getting you in indoors. You're uncomfortable. You're an outdoor cat. Yeah. I'm an outdoor cat. In an outdoor. I like the door open for me. For me right. To sit in it. Okay. Okay, fine. That's cool. Do you still have the same coat, which is now <laughs> eight years old? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a memento of our time together. Do the cabarets ever close? Not well. Do they close during the day? They close during the day, yeah. I mean, but they're open until probably six, seven in the morning, I think. Because, yeah, you basically could just hang out at the Bonobo. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Katroyan is like away on business. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to hang out in there, but I'll hang out around there, of course, like for free food and whatnot. But what I'm saying is like you bumming around the area and freeloading off of the Bonobo what, is like. What adjectives are you using? Jesus, I'm just, I mean, you just living said free my food. best life <laughs> and doing some urban foraging. Yeah. Jesus. And you pay in artwork as well, right? All the artwork are. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do art. I make some money doing art. That's like a side hustle. I'm just a, just because I live a more bohemian lifestyle than you approve yeah. of, it doesn't mean I'm a freeloader or a bum. I take great offense to this. Yeah, I, I think it's unfair. I think you do. You you give back. You give back yeah. to society in some way. Just do my own thing. I was saying based on the history. Mm. Mm. Like. You don't even need to give back. I'm sure you do, but that's not the point. It's just like open-handed because of all of our past. So, Anne-Marie, what have you been doing over the last three or four years? Anne-Marie has uh, gone to New York mm -hmm. and joined a dance troupe in New York City, the Rockettes, and uh, for several years. And uh, I think, I guess, around this time, I must be coming back for some reason. But uh, maybe my tour is done. Maybe there, there's a certain contract. Or maybe I'm just homesick. Mm. I'm very good at kicking. That could come in useful. <laughs> maybe it just got boring. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you know, with with that fame that I got from the Rockettes, I'm trying to maybe start my own show here in uh, Berlin because I'm getting older. You know, not getting any younger. How many years have gone by? Kicks aren't getting any easier. Against your will, you know. <laughs> yeah, against my will. We're gonna pick this up in December 1931. 31. Yeah, it's now. That's... that's like over three years since since the last one. Oh, okay. I thought I thought we were in 1926 before. Well, we were, and then we skipped forward another two years to 28. Oh, okay, so three more years. All right, so I'm not that old. No, I mean, come on. You're, it's only I'm five years since we started. So yeah. I'm just in my prime now. You are. You are. I think a bit more worldly wise, maybe. You've seen the right. world. More worldly. Did you ever connect up with Rudolf von Laban, the dance teacher? Yes, I mean that's how I ended up back in. Oh, that's how I ended up in the Rockettes. You know, I went to, uh, with him in a troupe, and when we were touring around in uh, France, we'll say a producer picked me up and uh, suggested I should come to New York City, and uh, thought that he was going to get more than he actually got, but he got a good dancer, and that's all he really needed. And how have you coped with the psychological fallout from meeting a goddess? <laughs> So because we were able to essentially kill her, Emory believes that she doesn't believe that, because remember she, at the end was like, she's not a goddess yet. She knew something was going on. She understands that there was some forces going on, but she can't quite grasp. For her, it's more of a tragedy. And the reason why she left Berlin was because of Max. You know, mm -hmm. Max being one of her only friends and then him dying uh, very heroically. Of course, he becomes younger and more handsome in the <laughs> telling of the story that she does <laughs> to the young dancers that uh, come and join the Rockettes. 
but at some point she realizes she needs to come home. So do you know that he's alive? No. Well, if you remember, she thought she saw him, like probably right a few weeks later or whatever, and that's what probably drove her to uh-huh. call Rudolph and uh, and join that dance troupe to get out of Berlin mm. because she thought she was seeing phantoms. And now there is a phantom, so. Yeah. Well, maybe the very first thing we can do is you being reunited with Max in the first scene. That would be an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know where he'd be. I guess that's up where home. Maybe you've just got back, whereas and the others have been spending time together, and it's like. Amory, you need to come and it's important you come along tonight. There's someone important that wants to see you. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think when she comes back to Berlin, one of the, maybe not the first thing, because maybe she's hesitant because she wants to reconnect with the mm. these people that she, she had some kind of relationship with, strange as it was. But at the same time, once she gets back off the, the boat, she's probably nervous to, to do it. Mm. Uh, but eventually she'll, she'll definitely reach out. So yeah, she would definitely want to meet up. Yes, weirdness follows these people wherever they go, it seems. Eckhart, then, your writing career has somewhat stalled, is that right? Yes, sort of. I I wrote a few more novels in the same vein as uh, my previous, but they didn't really uh, get the same, you know, lightning didn't strike twice. Mm. So since then... I've uh, more or less taken over certain aspects of operations at the the Bonobo. I'm sure... uh, The uh, right-hand man? Yeah. Egon? Egon. Egon. Egon runs uh, day-to-day operations, keeps the books, and uh, does the hiring and firing and all that. And I am there most nights and make sure of the other types of business that are going on are properly... uh, taxed essentially of course with your imposing presence right and probably my reputation as well i don't know i mean people don't really remember what happened with uh astarte but i don't know do they remember things like the fact that we killed a few of the who are those local toughs oh the ring varine yeah oh yeah i suppose they came messing with us and ended up dead and Mm. i feel like at this point we would have a reputation of uh at least being yeah. not to be trifled with. So I pretty much just hang around and project that. Yeah, you're a serious outfit now. <laughs> I mean, if they'd known everything you'd done, then I think we'd be even more scared of you. But uh, what little was known is, is enough. Taking out a bar full of Ringverine thugs, that, that's something. And of course, as we know, Cathroyan is probably still, maybe tonight, um, the night you were all meant to meet up, he had to go and uh, get an, a bit of emergency therapy from uh, his uh, psychotherapist, Herr Dr. Albrecht Sigismund von Bülow. <laughs> and he's been up in Potsdam for the weekend. Um, it's his uh, quarterly retreat. <laughs> it's for, like, maintenance. I yeah. can't miss it. Yeah, it's important. And I suppose that the, I guess, the slightly ethically questionable part of his operation now is that he's pretty neutral about things, of course, as we all know, but... Um, his, the Bonobo does get quite a lot of patronage from the NSDAP, the brown shirts, the, some of the higher-ups. They like these kind of entertainments. So, yeah, it's becoming more and more clear that these people are not like your regular political action group. There's uh, something far more dark and menacing about them. So, we shall start. It is a frozen night in Berlin. The city's lights mock the icy darkness in hollow defiance. The good-time party atmosphere rolls on but has taken on an indifferent atmosphere to mirror the weather. It's January the 1st, 1932, a Friday, New Year's Day, 
that kind of grey, washed-out feeling everyone gets on New Year's Day. But after a respite of six years following the end of the Great Inflation in 1924, the economy has tanked again, thanks to the knock-on effects of the American stock market crash in October 1929. There are more than half a million unemployed people in the city, and street violence between right and left-wing militias is near constant. Despair lies over the city like a stifling blanket. Suicides are way up this winter, driven by personal grief, political crisis or simple ennui. Berliners choose to end it all in record numbers. One favoured method is an icy plunge into the waters in and around Berlin, chiefly the Spree and Havel rivers and their canals. Many of these bodies washed downstream towards the Grunewald are fetching up near the Friedhof Grunewald Forest, also called the Graveyard of the Nameless. In fact, it's such a epidemic that's even made the newspapers so i'm going to ask someone to read a handout sure suicide waves the editorial board need not remind our gentle readers that this has been a particularly bitter winter in more ways than one in addition to the chill winds and icy frosts many a berliner feels the cold grip of uncertainty as a new round of elections approaches what is to become of our dear republic what of the economy why can the police not control the violence increasingly seen on city streets in a terrible callback to the lawless days of 18 and 19? As Germans, we must persevere through such doubtful times as best we can. Sadly, according to the latest statistics released by central government officials, suicides are at an all-time high in the city. While many good folk, far too many, have fallen into the ultimate despair clutching the pill bottle or the gun barrel, or with one-way trip to the riverside. The gravediggers of the Friedhof Grunwald Forest have had their hands full fishing bodies out of the hovel and placing them into the cold, half-frozen ground. The editors of this paper heartily enjoin any reader who may be reading this not to make the dishonorable choice. Although dark times are here today, we remind you that a sunny tomorrow awaits us all. Better times are just around the corner. Persevere. I hadn't actually read that. That is, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything's going to be absolutely fine. Just keep, yeah, keep the faith. Yeah, so... It does seem strange. Definitely does seem strange. So, it's New Year's Day. You're all meeting up. Maybe, I don't know, for the first time in a while, maybe? What do you reckon? That's the first time for me. Maybe it's to greet Anne-Marie. Maybe it's because you all heard that Anne-Marie's back. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I, I feel like I see them all periodically, just randomly. I hit them up for cash. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, we're going to start in um, on New Year's Day at a party in Luna Park at the fun fair. <laughs> Perhaps I, I, maybe I've run into Safina and she's urged me to come. Yeah, there's gonna be a party, free food. <laughs> I mean, more of those meatballs that we had at the cabaret. Maybe just to cheer everyone up. I mean, it's yeah. typical. It's a sort of classic thing to do in Berlin on New Year's Day is to go to this place called Luna Park, which, if you look on the map, is there. It's number three at the end of the Kudam. It's actually a really spectacular place and they have big firework displays and things there and they have restaurants where you can dine and wine so coney island <laughs> yeah it's coney island. <laughs> it's just also called luna park oh is it yeah yeah no really well there's a there's like an amusement park on coney the amusement island park is park. called luna park yeah there's a one in australia as well oh. luna park. it must be sort of copied around the world yeah I'm, I'm i imagine coney island was first probably 
out of Seoul. Maybe not. No. Before Before Germany? Germany? I don't think so. Yeah. yeah no, probably. no, because it's not uh it's like a it's an amusement park called like branded Luna Park. It's oh I see. It's not like the historical part. Of yeah, it's Canada. not actually a park. Oh, okay, okay. Alright. Well that's interesting. Alright, so Everything you described is, you know, fireworks, restaurants. Hmm. Like. So actually, Coney Island is the original. Ah, oh, 1903. Wow. 1903. Oh. There you go. I and Cleveland was next. Right. Uh, and, and it's really around the world because there was one in Egypt in 1911. How bizarre. I mean, it's weird. But yeah, anyway. It really is Coney Island. Okay. So, so yes. On this chilly New Year's Day night, it's actually the evening of New Year's Day. So you've probably slept off your hangovers and decided to head out again you're trying your best to forget your troubles with dinner and amusements at luna park but this once great destination situated at the end of the kudam adjacent to a small lake called the hallensee in the grunewald much like the rest of berlin has seen better days the park's facades executed in the once fashionable oddly angled expressionistic style are battered and peeling the park's most famous feature the water slide currently closed, of course, because it's winter, is streaked with rust and mould. Trash sits in sodden piles against fence posts and forgotten cor- and in forgotten corners. As twilight creeps in, you're there sharing a meal at one of the park's many restaurants. Should we say that Amory is about to come in? The rest of you are together and Amory is about to come in. Is that okay? You can have that reuniting scene. Is that all right, Daniel? Sure. Okay, so... As twilight creeps in, you're sharing a meal at one of the park's many restaurants. This being the off-season, the venue is half empty. From your window seats, you look out at the Swivel House, a notably strange attraction. It's a full-size, two-story house that rocks back and forth on a central pivot, tilting up to 45 degrees in either direction. Right now, with nobody inside it, the house sits at an impossible angle, looking like it's on the verge of tumbling over the side of an unseen cliff. And um, it's... Safina, Max, and Eckhart, you're sitting there. Maybe you've had your, maybe you've had your starter. Amory is fashionably late, and then you see the the door opens. There's a gust of cold air, as in comes the rather more mature, sophisticated-looking Anne-Marie, a different girl from the knife, that young, the young knife that that you first met all those they years ago. Called you old. <laughs> <laughs> mature. So Daniel with a walker, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, tell, obviously it's cold, but how are you dressed for the evening? I'll step in. I've got this long, kind of elegant coat on, a hat, fur hat. And uh, I step in and, of course, look to the, the doorman to take it from me. You know, I turn and I put my back to him. You know, as you do, shrug my shoulders so he can remove the coat. I take my hat off. You know, I'm looking around for the others. A little bit of makeup. I probably have seen you. I'm standing up and waving at you, waving you over and pulling your chair out at this point. I see Eckhart, and there's like a thrill that comes through me to see old friends, but at the same time, I don't want to be that little girl, right? So I'm going to uh, to look and, and smile and wave gently and then kind of take a little longer than I should just to give my hat and make sure everything's good. And I'll tip the uh, the doorman or some random customer that I gave my coat to by mistake, and then I'll, I'll turn and walk <laughs> towards the table, you know, waving. Of course, I, do I see Max right away, I wonder? Let's say he's he's sitting with his back to you, the others were facing you, and as you get closer... Max turns around and you see, you can't believe it, I suppose. I bring my hand to my mouth and I, and I breathe in deeply and, and you can see tears fall up in my eyes and, and, and I say, Max? Hello, young lady. How are you? <laughs> uh, 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 please, please, take a seat. Come, sit. 
Sit with us. At this point, I, I lose it. Like I, I lose the, the dignity or whatever. I have it. I've run over and I, I wrap my arms around Max's shoulders and, and hug him. Yeah, and it's a very emotional moment, I'm sure, for me as well because I've probably seen Safina, but was dreading this. But in the moment, it's very comforting. Yeah, so I probably initially am very stiff, but I sort of melt into it, I guess. Yeah, mm. you, can, you can feel the body shudder as a, you can tell she's crying a little bit. Uh, and then she kind of pulls back and, you know, that we pull back and hold my hand on your shoulders. I'm kind of looking at you and I say, I, I thought I had seen you. I thought I had seen you on a bus, but I, I thought, no, that only your ghost remains. So, so I left. I can't believe you're okay. I am. I am much better now for having seen you. You look so glamorous. She blushes. She says, well, well, I, well, I've been traveling. And she almost sits down and like sits down where there's no chair. And then she realizes <laughs> she kind of like reaches around and looks for a chair and, and pulls close. And, uh, you can see that she's very... Then she realizes, of course, that she's being rude and she turns to the others and she says, Oh, Safina, Edgar, it's good, so good to see you. I hope you've been well. Yes, yes, very well. That's a nice coat there. <laughs> <laughs> you must have done pretty well for yourself in New York. You know, you, you could have left yours with the doorman. <laughs> yeah, so this is a, a very touching reunion, very emotional. If only Katorian is here as well, but he seems to have had the worst of it, really, over the last few years. Maybe his <laughs> realisation that there are some things he, he can't tough his way through and can't buy his way out of has, has really got to him. He's a troubled soul. At first, tried to avoid doing business with uh, certain sorts, but it's probably become impossible when you've been said. There's only so long you can eject uh, the people you don't like before you, they notice. We can't keep the Nazis out anymore. I, I think Max has to have a reaction to that, surely, no? I mean, I don't think I've been to his bar, so perhaps not at the moment. This is very overwhelming for him, and it feels good to be amongst his friends, but I don't think Max is ready to talk about what he's done yet. So he's he's very quiet, and perhaps if the conversation moves to him, he, he sort of just deflects, and and so he'll say, oh, and Marie, I, I really want to hear about, you said you've been in New York. That must have been very exciting. Oh, yes, it, it was fabulous, and the... The lights and the, the dancing and the drinks and the, the dancing and, and she'll go on, you know, because she's she's nervous and uh, surprised and happy to be with people. So she kind of quickly forgets the shock of it. It begins to talk way too much, as people are apt to do when they they get it kind of they're nervous. Okay, well, it's a reunion. It's a, it's nice. I mean, maybe you're the only five people that really can understand what each of you has gone through. There's a bond now, I suppose. I would hope, at least. <laughs> so, dessert is finished, and as you pay your bill, the chill air outside gives way to a freezing fog. As you head out, darkness has fallen as you're departing from the restaurant. The park manager's doggedly proceeding with the nightly fireworks show despite the cloudy skies. And as you stand there in the throng, overhead the rockets streak into the heavens. The grey clouds are intermittently lit up with flashes of red, green and gold. The reports of the exploding fireworks muffled and distant. Nevertheless, the jaded crowd of park attendees stop to watch. You can't help but look up and go, ooh, and you see fireworks, of course. And you're all surrounded and everyone's craning their necks up to look at, at, the, um, at the nearly invisible show as the, as, as the fireworks go through the clouds. Now, why doesn't that everyone, everyone can make a luck roll. Okay, so 
yeah, you're craning your necks up to look at the rather unimpressive show because of the clouds. It dulls the, the beautiful lights overhead. And suddenly, Eckhart, you're nearly knocked to the ground. You almost you stagger forward onto your knees by the impact of someone pushing through the throng really fast behind you. All is momentarily chaos as other bystanders jostle and shout. The fireworks overhead reach a crescendo that paints the whole scene in a strobe-like light. And there's a brief eye contact between you and your assailant. She's a young woman, probably in her mid-twenties. She's underdressed for the weather, wearing only a light raincoat, a skirt, and a small black hat. Her mascara runs dramatically down over her cheeks. Her eyes bear the look of one who is hunted and barely managing to stay one step ahead of their pursuer. And then she disappears into the crowd, quickly um, disappearing from view. Yeah. What do you want to do? I'm looking around for who's chasing her. Okay. Or like someone looking for someone in the crowd. As you're looking around, you, you can't see anyone chasing her. No, I mean, there's a few people that would seem to be equally put out by being jostled by this young woman. And as you step forward to kind of crane your neck, you realize you've trodden on something. And looking down, you see that she must have dropped this thing because lying on the wet ground is a folder made of heavy card, the sort that's used to collect papers for dossiers and such. Oh, snatch it up. Yeah, you pick it up. It's damp, but it seems to be intact. Okay, so looking around, I like look around for anyone who would have been following her who would be walking up on me while I do this. Uh-huh. And if I don't see anyone, after, I like hold the folder for another few seconds and then uh, like quickly slip through it. Right. While you're doing that, obviously that took a few seconds. What, what are the rest of you doing as you see your Eckhart kind of basically almost be jumped by this young woman who then immediately just disappeared who seemed to be in obvious distress I might try and look where she went if I can I don't think I'll follow her but do I see the general direction she went in there's thousands of people here and she's kind of immediately lost in the crowd you you could make try and make a spot hidden roll but it's almost it would be doomed to failure really because I'm gonna crane my neck and try okay but I don't think I'll, I'll try and follow after her I don't think I'm very good at spot. <laughs> Make a spot hidden roll anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the the dice uh, definitely told the, the story there. Is it still loud from the fireworks, or was that the finale? That was the finale. You know, like okay. The... Then I'm going to yell. Then when I see her run through, I'm going to say, "Stop that woman! She took my purse! Stop that woman! She took my purse!" And then I'm going to start kind of pointing in that general direction. People are looking around, saying, "What woman? Where? Is there a reward?" I'm going to start making a sketch of her. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's really good. Wow, it's fresh in my mind. Apart from her distress and the run makeup and the her sort of slightly ragged appearance, she is quite beautiful underneath it all. And that's what you sketch. And Eckhart, as you flip open the folder, you see something startling. There's a bunch of things in there, but the first thing you see is a photograph showing your entire group in the company of several people that you've never seen before in your lives. In the company of? Yeah, you're in a photograph with a group of people that you certainly have never seen in your lives. It's the whole group, including Katroyan, and a bunch of people that you've never met before, you've never seen before. And um, I think, Eckhart, I'd just like you to make a little sanity roll for seeing that, <laughs> the shock of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you, you're 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 okay. I mean, 
there's plenty of things can be done. You you know that there's all kinds of trickery can be done with with photography. I think Eckhart's just found the start of his next book. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe. These days, I mainly write for myself. I mean, it's far too damp and crowded here to really go through the rest of the thing in detail. But you can see there's there's other things in there, other photographs, newspaper clippings, and other bits and pieces. But it would be very um, difficult to go through it, especially because it's a bit dark now. Well, I guess I uh, pocket the folder or tuck it into my jacket and go find the others and say, you know, did, did anyone see where that woman went? No, she immediately got lost in the crowd. Yes, apparently there uh, the people oh. here have gotten much ruder in the last uh, few years. <laughs> she dropped something. Take a look at this. And uh, I pull out one of the photographs. And yeah, you you all see. You're not going to give them any <laughs> any sort of advance warning. So uh, nope. everyone <laughs> everyone has to make a sanity <laughs> roll to see. <laughs> oh, that was mean of you. But anyway, yeah. So you all see this inc- just inexplicable sight. Especially Anne-Marie, because this is a photograph of you at your current age. This wasn't taken four years ago. What are we all wearing? What are you all wearing? Like the stuff we're wearing right now? Winter, summer. Yeah, that's a good question. That is a really good question. (laughs) Let me me just have a look. If it's in the future and there's fashions that haven't hit the market yet, we could probably... uh... Cut one of these dresses and jump over. <laughs> so you are all wearing clothes that you currently have, but not that you're currently wearing. So the one coat, Safina. Well, Safina, <laughs> I mean, you must have changed the clothes, Safina. You're not a vagrant. I mean, you live on the street. No, 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 no. <laughs> I wear the same coat, but I have yeah. underclothes that are not the same. So you're not wearing your coat, but you're wearing another dress that you that you wear. Okay. Um, and can I ask, are we posing? With yes. a group of other people. Yes, you are posing with a group of other people. Who? How many other people? And what, who are they? Let's say it's too dark to really make okay. out everything now. You'd need to get someone with good lighting and 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 and, and actually at this point the um, public address system starts up announcing that the park is closing in fifteen minutes and the crowd is starting to kind of mill and disperse towards the towards the gates. So. Maybe you can find somewhere better to, to look at all this stuff because there's a, a bunch of interesting stuff in there. Sure. I will offer up my apartment. I have an apartment now. Oh. Money. Wow. Oh, yeah. You've, actually, well, wait, you've been like, here like five minutes. How do you have an apartment? <laughs> well, no, I came because I'm here for proposing a show. It's probably like one of those things where you, where you live like in a hotel temporarily. Or maybe Rudolph has put you up in, yeah. in a, somewhere. Actually, if, if that's the case, we probably need to up your credit rating. I'm I'm well well established now, or at least as yeah, I mentioned, yeah. I have a decent credit rating already. I think we're 29. That's not terrible. Yeah, that's... All right. So the way you leave Luna Park is by the way of a long sweeping bridge that takes you out of this manufactured fantasy land, this rather decaying and and faded fantasy land, and back into the reality of the city. And as you come out onto the Kudam, you've gone across the railway tracks over this bridge. You come out onto the Kudam, the Kufustan Dam. And it's a surrealistic dreamscape of neon lights and street lamps shining through the freezing mist. Then, quite suddenly, out of the fog, come the sounds of police whistles, shouts and shattering glass, the sounds that you've all become far too familiar with over the last few years. Running feet can be heard, and many shapes seen moving about in the murk. Suddenly, a brick comes arcing out of the fog, skidding along the pavement only a few feet from you. 
a street battle has broken out here on the Kudam, and you see coming through the fog several hundred brown shirts of the NSDAP's Sturmabteilung, paramilitary wing, and they're clashing with a like number of members of the newly formed Eiserner Front, the Iron Front, a coalition of anti-Nazi, anti-monarchist, and anti-Bolshevik paramilitary groups that, that um, have, have literally just been around for about a month. And they were formed, maybe maybe Max knows all about this, formed specifically to oppose the growing power of the uh, National Socialist Party in Berlin. The city's policemen are impotently trying to break up the fight, only adding to the chaos. And to your horror, you see that the police, at a loss, start unshouldering and opening fire with their rifles into the crowd. And there is suddenly absolute pandemonium um, as the as the rifle shots crack through the misty night. Street fighters come surging out of the mist and th you see the three factions, the police, the Nazis and the anti-Nazi paramilitary groups grappling with each other, throwing fists and bricks. And what makes it even more horrifying, terrifying, is you can't see more than about 10 feet as the mist swells around you. People are just screaming everywhere. You can see that the gates have already been shut behind you as you're on the main Kudam, and ahead of you in the streets is, is just absolute riot. What are you going to do? There are streets off to the right and left. Probably try to provide cover to anyone trying to escape and make sure our group is escaping into the alley and get the fuck out of there. Mm -hmm. So there's several different ways to go, but the mist and the utter chaos are making it really hard to keep track of everyone as, as people come careening into each other. And there's a stampede behind you as well as people are screaming and trying to get off the Kurfürsten Dam. So everyone has to make a dexterity roll to try and stay on their feet. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god! I get trampled! Oh my god! Oh, I also fumbled! <laughs> No way! <laughs> wow, okay. That's insane. That is some storytelling. Oh Double fumble. God. Double fumble. Oh wait, do I need to roll two? 100 as well. That's a critical fumble. I am not used to being trampled. It is not like that in New York City. And Marie and I get tangled up in each other <laughs> yeah. as we're trying to make our way away. Our jackets are uh, interlaced with there. Yeah. Well, I was trying to make sure they made it. Have you ever been in a really big surging crowd? It's, I, I have a couple of times, you can't do anything. I mean, you, you just basically carry, if you've ever been in a big sports crowd or something, it's like you just basically getting carried along, almost pushed along. And you're desperately trying to reach out to your friends because they, they really lost their footing. So Anne-Marie and Safina, you, as you're going across the bridge, you're getting buffeted and you, you get rammed against the railings and you both need to make a luck roll. Oh God, I'm not good at that right now. Oh my God. Nope. Okay. Uh, wow, I am rolling high. And yeah, you're, you're going to take some damage. I'm glad I came back to Berlin. Yeah, <laughs> so you both take a d4 damage. And um, Anne-Marie, you are knocked over the railing <laughs> and you tumble into the icy waters of the spray below. No! Oh boy. I'm definitely glad I came back. This is not a good first day back in Berlin, is it? And I guess you won't have any points in this, but you need to make a swim roll. Swim, yeah. Oh well, I'm not a very good swimmer, but I'm sure you're not. Oh, I mean, you're a great just, swimmer. I am a great swimmer. You kick off your high heels <laughs> and, <laughs> the the and the freezing water, and you swim to the shore. Meanwhile, everyone else who's up above, in fact, all four of you now need to make a navigate roll. <laughs> oh, great! 
These are the skills nobody takes. Yeah, these are the skills no one takes. <laughs> wow, you got so close, Max. Everyone make a navigate roll. Including me or no? Yes, incl including you and, and Anne-Marie as well. Wait, I think I have like a feat or something. Isn't there like a mutation? Sense of direction. Insane sense of direction. Oh, so you can't get lost. Yeah. Really? Is that relevant? That is very relevant. I wrote that in caps because some some something happened. What was it? It was like a magic mutation or, or a psychic event. It, I don't know. It it's an insane talent, I think. That's right. How does it work? I don't know. All you told me was insane sense of direction. Okay, it hasn't come up. I didn't think it ever was going to come up. <laughs> so let me, let me have a look. Insane sense of direction. Okay, given how low your luck is, you may, <laughs> you may not want to use it though. That's the only thing. Uh, so basically, you need to make a luck. You can get, you really need to use this more. It's a great skill if you have more luck. <laughs> basically, if you want to go somewhere, uh -huh. you just know the way. Oh, but, that's just a luck but roll. you need to make a luck roll. And if you fail, you end up in real trouble. You know, you end up somewhere you don't want to be. <laughs> I see, I see, I see, I see. So when you're on 30 luck, it's pretty risky. Yeah, to no, use I'm it. not going to do that right now. Okay. Because Anne Marie, I don't want to get lost while we're trying to help Anne Marie. Oh, well, Anne Marie got. I'm gone, right? I'm not with everybody else. So, Max and Anne Marie, do you, do you want to spend some luck? Yeah, I'm going to spend luck because I'm down by the water. I don't want yeah, to get lost right now. You don't want to get lost down there. No. Yeah. So I spent six, right? Well, Max, you would also need to pass the roll, but Eckhart, I, I don't know if you want to spend 47 luck, I guess probably not. <laughs> Safina, you also need to make a navigate roll then. Do, 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 navigate. Nope. Okay. Oof. Right. Well, you so, don't navigate though. Yeah, you've got a good navigate. You only fell by a little bit as well. <laughs> I mean, do you want to spend, oh no, you, you definitely do no, not spend. No, I cannot spend, spend my no, luck. No, right you now. cannot spend your luck. You need to keep that 30. So Safina and Eckhart, you both get kind of dragged along and lost in the crowd and fortunately max you come to the rescue you saw amory go over the side and then and then you managed to force your way down the bank off the side of the kudam down to the down to the canal and and you help her out of out of the canal she's shivering like a like a drowned rat <laughs> yeah, it's a shame i have pretty good swim so yeah i was hoping to you could have dived in and <laughs> she didn't she didn't need my help yeah, and um, yeah. so Amory, you're you're absolutely freezing. You're soaked, soaking wet, and this is not this night is not ending well. I give her my grey cloak. Yes, wrap <laughs> myself in and hood. Does it have a G on the back? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I haven't learned right, to yeah, sew. Obviously, I take it. Yeah. Okay, so, Max, uh, always the hero. Well, it looks like you oh. didn't really need my help. You must have learned to swim in uh, New York. Oh, the beaches of Coney Island. You should, go <laughs> you should definitely be getting out there because you, you hear the shouting and screaming. You hear more gunfire coming from above. Where, where is the water? It's basically just near where that square was. Got like going alongside the railway track. There was a right. That's what I was like, So can we follow the railroad tracks? That's yeah, you can. You can basically circle around and avoid the main thing. I say that I've I lost track of Safina and Eckhart, but maybe we should head to Cafe Sophie and hope that they have the same idea. Yeah. Oh, look, is there any way that we can use this spot hidden to even see them in the crowd or is just a... No, I mean, you fell down. I mean, this this all happened. Yeah. This, it's taken you a good 10 minutes maybe to, to, to yeah, get Yeah, I think with as back. cold as I am and everything, I think I would agree with that. And that's where I would have went as well. So both Safina and Eckhart, you're um, alone. You finally find yourselves alone. Safina, mm -hmm. you've run down a quiet side street, the sounds of the street battle quickly fading behind you. Now all you can hear in the freezing fog are your own footsteps. The mist crowds in closer, 
turning the nearby residential flats into ghostly ruins, their windows staring down like hollow eye sockets. Visibility has got even worse. It's only about five feet. Suddenly, from out of the mist, there comes another sound. The pitter-patter of little feet. Oh, God. Something. A small animal, by the sound of it, is paralleling your progress. You stop for a moment just to make sure, and then the pitter-patter footsteps stop in time with you. And then as soon as you start walking again, your pursuer is moving at the same time. Oh, God. What do you want to do? I will stop and whirl around in its general direction and shout, Who's there? Show yourself. I have a rake. I will brandish my rake. Wing it wildly in the haze. Okay, you swing round. Make a spot hidden. It needs to be a hard success. God. Nope, no, a hard fail. That is a hard fail. And you, hard as you fail. swing, in your panic, you, you overbalance and you fall over three aluminium garbage cans scattering their contents over the sidewalk and hitting yourself hitting yourself hard on the pavement you take one point of damage Ugh, god this, what a bad day it is a bad day it's gonna get worse in a minute that's <laughs> how you say aluminum <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> aluminum are you supposed to say it <laughs> well not supposed to right? but... and as you fall a pack of stray cats suddenly bolts away from the scene screeching angrily in their in their weirdly human-like voices and then they kind of scamper up onto the still standing cans on the other side of the alley and these mangy cats are luxuriating amongst the frosted filth their bottle brush tails are swinging about as they change perches and then you see something strange appear out of the mist at first glance it looks like a naked hairless cat and with a hiss it leaps towards you and there's a glimpse of the thing as it jumps towards you. It's human-like face twisted oh, no. into an expression of pure malice. It's tiny. Is it that damn monkey again? It's tiny human-like hands extended to grab onto your face, and you need to make a sanity loss for seeing this terrifying creature as it leaps towards you. And um, cat thing. <laughs> because you're lying down, you're on your back, having fallen over these trash cans. It takes a leap at you and slashes its long claw-like fingernails at your face. It wants to rip your face off, as cats generally do, I think. Generally. That's what they want to do. I hope not. I have two cats at home. But in their, you know that in their heads they're thinking, when am I going to get a chance to rip their faces off? <laughs> Come on, don't you? No. Right. Give me nightmares. Come on, she's in a delicate state right now. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. Sing. I'm sorry. So paranoid. Stop looking at me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, it takes a swipe. I really, I shouldn't have chosen you for this, should I? I mean, but you made, you made the, you, you failed your luck roll. So you failed your luck roll. Okay. Um, Wait, so what's, it's leaping at me. It's leaping at you, but okay. um, but it actually misses you as it comes towards you. Even though you're prone, maybe you just kind of shrunk down in your coat and it misses you. You can fight back if you want, because it, it's missed. You could you could try and jam your rake up at it to push it off if you want. Oh, it's on me, but it just isn't slashing my face? Well, it's jumped at you. It's taken a swipe. And maybe, maybe you can even catch it in midair as it's coming down. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Attack. Safita. Okay. Fighting brawl? Yep. Fighting brawl. I'm not a fighter. Oh, you're not. You're not. I'm no. an artist. No. But it, it kind of tumbles over the top and you hear it kind of skid on the slick cobblestones. Its claws kind of screeching against the cobblestones and, it, and you can see it sort of trying to turn around and come back at you. It is now your turn. I would like to scream for help yeah. and run away. And run away. I think that is a very sensible 
very sensible option. Help! Oh, it's quite fast, this thing. Max. Okay. Emery! Eckhart! You can take another swipe at it as you're running, as you try and run Yeah, sure, I'll do it. that too. Fine. Okay, make another attack. Oh. Nope. No, no, you're, I, I think you're just too shaken by what you've seen, and your, your rake goes swinging over its head and it hisses malevolently at as it kind of hunches its shoulders and ducks beneath your, your rake. Move rate nine. Oh, you're fast. You're actually about, you're the same speed as, as this cat thing. Yeah, run, okay. run, run. Right, well, then we're in a chase. That's <laughs> so, fine. So make a constitution roll. You're running at a regular speed. Okay. And let's roll for the cat thing. Uh, it fails. Maybe it's um, just on its back. As it turned around, it's, it kind of tumbled over and it's mm. been caught flat-footed as you scramble out of the alley. So you're actually, you can move faster than it. So you, yeah. you, you run. And you, the, the trash cans that have fallen in front of the alley, they're, they're a barrier in front of you. So either you can try and jump over the, back of the trash cans, or you can use one of your actions, like to climb over carefully and then carry on running. To jump over, you would need to make a dexterity roll. Mm, let's see, how dexy am I? You're not. No, I do not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it slow, because I am still a little faster than it. Okay, so yeah. you take it slowly, and it's gonna have to try and leap over them, but of course it's a can. So, uh -huh. so basically, if it succeeds, it kind of keeps up with you because uh -huh. you took that extra action to climb over carefully. Oh yeah, oh it, it succeeds. I just oh no! And you can hear as terror rising in your heart. This this thing is it, actually keeping pace with you, even though you you seem to be faster than it. It's so agile. It just just went over the the trash cans as, as if they weren't there. And because you're you didn't manage to get ahead of it, it's going to take another swipe at you with its claws. Uh -huh. This time it's going to hit unless you take evasive action, unless you dodge. Uh, so I could either choose to dodge or just keep running? Uh, you can dodge or you could fight back. You're going to keep running anyway. Okay, so I'm going to dodge but not not try to fight back because I want to keep... Nope, I don't dodge it. No. <sighs> but I want to keep running. Okay, well the good thing is this thing is, um, this thing is quite weak. It's got the weirdest damage roll I've ever seen. The damage it does is 1d4 plus 1 minus 2. Okay. Why it needs to do it like that, I don't know. So basically it's a d4 minus 1. You, you take no damage. But your coat... No! Your coat now has a couple of slash slashes oh, in it. Oh, well, you know, wear back. and tear. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do you want to just swing your rake again? I can still swing while keep moving. Right? Yes, yes, you can. I'm a bad fighter. You keep rolling it's been 80s. nothing but 80s, man. 80s, 80s all the way, yeah. Okay, now, you managed to get a little bit ahead of it, and you realize that you've run down a, almost like a blind alley, and ahead of you, there's a low brick wall, uh, maybe about five feet, going into a garden beyond, backyard, and you're going to have to get over this wall. Now, you can either just really go for it, or you can, again, be careful and try and, and, and climb over automatically. But again, if you do that, the cat thing will get a chance to keep up with you. Do okay, you... fine. I'll make the decks. I'll try. All right. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> Heroically leave. Maybe the fear, the, the panic, and you scramble, you scramble up over the wall. And I'll roll for it. I mean, it'll, I'm sure it will pass because it has a 90 decks, but you will get ahead. You will get ahead this time. 
wow, I'm rolling amazingly. <laughs> um, but but this time, because you you took that risk and you vaulted over the wall, you pulled yourself up and then hurled your body over the top. You actually managed to get ahead and you're through this yard. And now there's a good distance between you and the cat thing. Neither of you are going to get a chance unless you have a, a gun. I don't know if you do you carry a gun. You don't, do you? No. No. So I'm afraid of bullets. You're afraid of bullets, of course. God, okay. Now would be the time to have a gun, wouldn't it? I got a rake. But um, it, it can't attack you. Uh, unless you want to stop and turn around and attack it, you can't attack it. No, but, no. But, but you can see your opportunity. There's a, um, there's a small gap at the bottom of the fence like, that you could crawl through if you, if you can get to it quickly. This one, you can, you can either choose a strength roll or a dexterity roll. To try and get through and because your size is 40 i'll give you a bonus dice oh, i'm gonna do a strength ball because my strength is better okay so roll strength for the bonus dice wow you just hurl yourself through this yeah. this this hole in the fence through to the other side and you're out into the into the next alleyway and let's see it's going to make a and this time it doesn't um succeed as well and you you hear it yowl as it seems to get caught in the in the hole and then you're away and you have escaped. Yeah. Yay! I did it! Success. I survived, even though none of you came to help me. <laughs> I was screaming the whole time. <laughs> wow. Well, you did it. You did it, Safina. I mean, what the hell was that thing? Yeah. What did it want from you? Me specifically? Did it seem to... Well, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was just hungry. <laughs> and you happened to be unlucky. But um, yeah, maybe make a power roll. Yeah, make a power roll. Pow. Yeah, we are. That's a hard success. You definitely get the sense that this thing was was going for you specifically. Hmm. It was clearly following you for a while, and then it decided to attack. Somehow, it feels like you were its target. Well, I don't like that. Do I remember when we all sort of went weird and feral? Yeah, you remember that. Does it feel like that? Oh, you mean someone that had... No, did the thing look like a feral human? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, that one. Do I feel like an affinity with it? Oh, I see. (laughs) I see. Hmm. Well, maybe. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting thought. I'll be honest, when you first described it, I thought you were just describing Sophia. <laughs> wow, that is some shade. <laughs> Not mangy. <laughs> but you're definitely a bit feral. So yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe maybe you're you are a bit of a, a cat thing <laughs> yourself, aren't you? We just said we yeah. said you're a bit of an alley cat, you know. Yeah. But but still it And there was a time when we all went kind of weird and wild and mm. I like got more cat like. Yeah, so. you did. Uh, that, you're pondering that as you make your yeah. way back to the, the sanctity, the, the safety of Cafe Sophia. And when you get there, you see the sorry sight of all, you know, I, I think you're all, apart from Max, who probably didn't suffer any ill effects. Maybe Eckhart got into a bit of a, a running brawl with some brown shirts as he went down an alleyway. He's got a couple of bruises. But you're all there back in Cafe Sophia. And Eckhart, you have the, the dossier, the folder there on the table. I lay it out for everyone to look at. So in this folder, there is this three-inch by five-inch photograph showing you in the company of two men and a woman, none of whom you have ever met before. 
However, you can all make an education roll. Yeah, you're all educated. Let's see if... Uh, well, I haven't rolled yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Actually, Max, I, I give you a bonus dice, actually, Max, on this. Oh. For a particular reason. And actually, <laughs> and Anne-Marie, you also get a bonus dice. Oh, all right. I mean, not that it really matters because you will pass. But, but um, either way, the woman is someone quite famous. This is very interesting. And the reason that Anne-Marie doesn't know, <laughs> which maybe because you've been away, maybe because you've been away for a while, but Max does. She is the famous cabaret singer, Margot Lyon or Leon. And she's got an amazing, she's a very striking looking woman. She has this amazing androgynous look. She has a, a big aquiline nose and she's quite beautiful. And she's known for cross-dressing and she's very famous in the cabaret scene. But you've, none of you have ever, ever met her before. You recognize her from the periodicals, but you've never met her before. And there you are standing next to her. And Fina and Eckhart, you can make another education role. I haven't fully described the picture. If you look carefully, do you notice something odd about the pose of one of the people? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Does everyone else see it? One one person seems to have a poodle. Yes, yes. Just visible at the bottom of the frame are a black poodle of sinister aspect. How a poodle can look sinister, I don't know, but it does, it does. I mean, use your imagination. And a man, shirtless, with a ball gag in his mouth and a dog collar identical to the poodles around his neck. And Safina and Eckhart... You recognise this man. It's Inspector Krieg. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes. The Inspector Krieg, who... His name has come up many times in your your adventures. And what the hell he's doing with a bull gag and a dog collar at a party that you were never at, but you're standing next to him, is utterly incomprehensible. Now, do I recognise the dog? <laughs> you would if you saw it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Now, the other things. I mean, th- th- this is probably enough of a, of a mind bender, but I'll tell you what the other the other things are. So, I- Inspector Creek is still he's still in the force. You, you still uh, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe Eckhart, because of course you're you're working for Katorian. He was one of the cops that that um, supposedly wasn't on on the take. But now you're seeing him in a very compromising situation, Eckhart. So maybe that's interesting to you. I don't know. We'll certainly be holding on to this. The other one is a glossy 8 by 10 inch photograph showing the actress Agnes Esterhazy, signed by her and dedicated to Count von Heldorf. Hmm. Yeah. And, and of course, Max, you know Agnes Esterhazy, or at least you know of her, because she's an actress and she worked in the same sort of circles that, that that you did and she's a successful hungarian actress who emigrated to berlin she's been starring in movies since the early 1920s she's probably about mid-30s by now but her career as you know hasn't has, has stalled a bit and she hasn't been in the movie in over in over two years uh, well yes i'm very familiar with that. <laughs> that's exactly like me yeah so you know all that None of you, have any got a credit rating higher than fifty? I don't think you do. That's Katorian. Yeah, Katorian. Well, maybe next week when 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 Marco's back, he can 
he will definitely have an insight into who Count Heldorf is. The calling card at the bottom right with the initials AA, anyone who's got an occult skill um, can make an occult roll. Uh, I have 12%, so that means I have it, right? You have it, but... Nope, not very much. <laughs> well, no. Wow! Wow! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Roll the critical. Front of five. Something good has to happen with a result of that. Okay, so you recognize, you know what AA refers to. It's a calling card of the spiritualist organization Argentum Astrum, Silver Star, founded by the British occultist Alistair Crowley. Uh, yes. Hmm. Perhaps I just know this from talking to Alban Grau, my old friend, uh, no longer a friend. I think he's still alive, though. Yeah. uh, So here's what you know. You know that there are no lodges or public venues for for the Argentum Astrum in Berlin. But you, you know that Alistair Crowley has been living in Berlin for the past couple of years. And with that critical role, you also now piece things together someone obliquely referred to Alistair Crowley a few years back it was it was the bookshop owner yes was talking about the fraternitas saturni and and how someone a famous occultist from england had come over trying to kind of i don't know like sway them in another direction he got a bit of a short shrift and so you know that Alistair Crowley has been a bit um persona non gratis amongst uh, the various occult societies in in berlin but he's still here so that's interesting. The postcard, um, you all recognize the postcard uh, uh, of that tower. It's a, a tall brick tower known as the Kaiser Wilhelm Turm, which is a very famous landmark in the Grunewald. There's also a film strip at the top there. You can see a film strip, a uh, 35 millimeter nitrate film, which, Max, you know that means it's a professional, professional production. No, no amateurs would shoot on 35 millimeter. The cells on the strip represent about one third of a second of real time, not enough to depict any movement or action. As you hold it up to the light to look, uh, Max, probably you're the one doing it, it shows a standing woman holding a hand to her throat and looking worried. As a shadowy figure in the background is out of focus, impossible to identify, though he looks male. And it's apparent that the woman is, is Agnes Esterhazy. Even though it's a bit hard to see, it's small, but it's it's clearly her. And, and would I know off the top of my head what movie she's been in? Especially if I think it sounds like she was appearing in films when I actually was able to get work. I will give you so you can make an intelligence roll with a yeah. bon- with a bonus dice. Maybe I worked on this film. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a bit of an irony if you pass this. No. <laughs> Do you want to? You can push the roll. I'm going to concentrate on what I can see of the scenery. Okay. Because this as a stagehand, as a, as a stuntman, maybe this is what I'm more familiar with. I could maybe tell, was this a period film? Was this, you know, yeah. okay. modern day? Okay, <laughs> so well, what do I do? So so you, you roll again with the bonus dice and you better succeed. Okay. <laughs> so here, here comes the kicker. You know, <laughs> you know, you recognize the scene. You know it comes from the 1926 picture, The Student of Prague. It's a horror film made in 1926, directed by Henrik Galeen and starring Countess Esterhazy alongside Conrad Veidt and Werner Krauss. 
The film, also released under the title The Man Who Cheated Life, concerns a man who sells his soul to the devil for material wealth and is then confronted with an evil mirror reflection of himself. And then, weirdly, very weirdly, because I think it was, I think it was Anne-Marie on the bus, you were reading this story years ago, the same story from this newspaper. It's the same newspaper clipping, the same newspaper story you were reading on the bus all those years ago when you saw, when you saw um, Max. And it's, and it's that one about the murder in the library. You know, this is a four-year-old newspaper clipping about someone found dead, someone murdered in the Prussian State Library, in the rare books and manuscripts wing. Yeah. So that's kind of strange. And with that, I think we will call it a session. Wait, that murder in the library was like our legacy, right? That was, well, you like, don't know. So Amory just happened to be reading it on 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 the bus when she when she saw Max. Now, it just seemed like a strange story that somehow felt that there was something to it, but then nothing came of it. But then now, four years later, some strange woman bumps into Eckhart in Luna Park, drops a folder with a photograph of you all, a newspaper clipping that, that you noted four years ago, and all of this film-related stuff. So that's where we are. So that's it, guys. Awesome. All right. That was cool.